Conversation Reparations, Conversation Reparations, Conversation Reparations, brought to you by INCOBRA, the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America. I am your host and facilitator of this um, communication around reparations, this conversation on reparations. And so we are excited to, once again, bring you some more information about what's going on in the reparations movement and the work of INCOBRA specifically. So we got to do, I feel like, a little bit of housekeeping, and we've had a little bit of a, a struggle this month in August, and, you know, we usually do a show on the first and third Monday of each month, so anybody who, who will listen to this show now or listening to it in the future will know that we have been doing first and third Monday since June of last year, and we did not do that in the month of August. Um, we're here on the fourth Sunday, but we plan on getting back on track in September. And in in order to also kind of restore ourselves, we're going to give you two hours today. So you, as the show is normally one hour on the first Monday and one hour on the third Monday, so we're going to do a two-hour special show today, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, you, this month is also just a uh, it is a very profound month for people of African descent. Um, this month has been declared Black August. Uh, we did a show last year um, speaking more in detail about Black August and its connection to political prisoners and prisoners of war and how we are to be using this month of August to rededicating ourselves to um, resistance and liberation and freedom and exercising and fasting and studying and working with our comrades on um, strengthening our commitment and our dedication to the movement and to liberation and nationhood. So this is happens in August. Uh, and we're still in August, so the energy is high, the energy level is high. So many profound things have happened in the African community. Um, in August, we know the Haitian Revolution spiritual ceremony was launched in the month of August. We know that right now we're sitting at the 100th anniversary of the profound meeting that Marcus Josiah Garvey had for the whole entire month of August, um, institutionalizing the UNIA, ACL, and Bringing, giving us a red, black, and green flag and so many other things that were done in that um, tremendous meeting that was held in Harlem. So again, we, and then many things even have been happening in the reparations movement here in the month of August. The 
in Cobra, we had our convention, our national annual first virtual convention on July 30th going into August 1st. Uh, we connected with the International uh, Emancipation and Reparations um, Pan-African re Gathering. It was called Reparations Rebellion this year that was held in London, and we, we brought them into our convention, and we were able to get a little bit of snippet of some of the speakers um, speaking at that rally, which uh, every year brings out thousands of people in, in England and London. Um, the same weekend was also something called the National Reparations Summit, which was organized um, out of uh, primarily out of Atlanta with a brother named Reginald Muhammad, who's worked with the Atlanta in Cobra chapter and worked with Atlanta. I mean, worked with the Cobra in general. Um, at some point, we will talk more about the National Reparations Summit and its goals and objectives. And and in addition to that, December 12th movement. Um, declared August 15th National Reparations Day. So there were events focused in New York and other cities. We, um, in Atlanta, activists in Atlanta, um, we put together a very powerful webinar around reparations on that day as well, August 15th, which also happens to be Conrad Worrell's Earth Day, a recent ancestor, and we've spoken about him, and we also intend to do a full on show about him. So like I said, August has just been so much energy, so many things going on. And even those things that I mentioned, there's been other things that have been going on that I didn't even mention um, and continue to go on. And, and, and this time, you know, people are still in the streets. You may not see it in the news, but um, cities are still on fire. Uh, statues are still being um, tore down, Confederate statues and and so much, like I said, is going on right now in, in this month of August. So we, we are happy to bring you this next installment of Conversation Reparations and wanting to um, always just take a minute to um, lift up our, our ancestors. Um, again, you know, we, we lost most recently um, Congressman John Lewis and we say Ashe. We recently lost, I won't say lost, that's not the proper word, sound, recently gained an ancestor in the form of Reverend T.T. Vivian, um, Congressman John Lewis, always a supporter of H.R. 40, the reparations um, study bill, and always has, um, whenever, every year when it's introduced by Congress, um, uh, we signed on to that bill as a co-sponsor. And um, so we, we thank him for his work in terms of that and reparations, but also his work in general in the Congress. Um, Reverend C.T. Vivian, uh, civil rights icon, um, both of them transitioned on the same day. Uh, again, moving into the world of the ancestors, and we lift him up as well. He was also a uh, supporter of the reparations movement. We personally invited him to several uh, conventions on reparations in Atlanta. He showed up and made his contribution. And when Ray Winbush's book came out, um, What America Owes, uh, I mean, excuse me, Should America Pay, Should America Pay, um, and he was doing his book signing going around the country. Uh, Reverend C.T. Vivian was one of the speakers that spoke on a panel with um, Dr. Ray Winbush, along with Dr. Jewel Crawford, um, when the book tour 
came through Atlanta. So again, we know that he um, supported it, uh, reparations and his ancestor will continue to do so. Um, we already mentioned Baba Conrad Worrell. Also like to mention a brother um, named Charles Freeman or his nickname, Brother Boko. Uh, he was a member of the Black Panther Party uh, as well as a member of the Cobra. Uh, and he married um, to the female, at the time was the female co-chair of the Atlanta chapter of the Cobra, Sister Akila Sakare, and um, and he's also a renowned muralist, and he was involved with the local Atlanta chapter of the Cobra. So many people, you know, uh, um, are have been lifted up into the world of the ancestors, don't want to leave out um, Brother Milton McGriff who uh, did a lot of work in the Philadelphia area, was also the national um, male co-chair of Encoba for a period of time, um, served his um, time on holding reparations torch up. So, yeah, just wanting to set that foundation because, like I said, so many things have happened um, in this month of August and, and, and July and wanted to make sure we, we cover that ground. So the show we have in store for you today, we're going to focus on two of the things that I've mentioned earlier. We're going to focus on the National Reparations Day that was um, kicked off by a December 12th movement. Uh, we have a member from December 12th movement that should be coming on shortly, and we'll um, have her tell us about the December 12th movement and National Reparations Day. And then we're going to... Um, just listen to the, the webinar that we produced in Atlanta, listen to some excerpts from it, the webinar that we produced in Atlanta on National Reparations Day, just coming off of our National and COBRA Convention. Um, we put together a very powerful webinar where we brought uh, three of the leaders who have been moving reparations at the local level, uh, Assemblyman Charles Barron, who has um, has brought a bill in the New York State Assembly on reparations. Uh, also, just renowned elder, and he passed a bill locally in, when he was a city council person in New York, and just a long long business runner on the reparations front. And uh, we had uh, Robin Ruth Simmons, who we've had on the show before, who uh, has. Uh, Set the set the um, trying to say created a, um, a historical or we should say historical um, precedent in passing a reparations commission in the city or town of Evanston, Illinois, and we also had um, Alderman uh, Sawyer, who is the uh, the alderman in Chicago, because Chicago also recently passed. Uh, uh, resolution to create a reparations commission as well. So we had those three as people who have been moving the reparations at the at their local level, and then we had locally three uh, progressive representatives, and one of those being um, excuse me, I have to come back to the name, Ms. Uh, Mark Baker, who is. Um, city council person in newly created city in the Atlanta metropolitan area called the city of South Fulton, as well as we had a sister who is the uh, state representative, activist state representative in Georgia, and another person who was on the city commission in uh, De De 
Decatur, which again is a city right on the outskirts of Atlanta, for those who are not familiar with that um, city. So anyway, so we're going to listen to that. We're going to listen to some excerpts from that seminar. And then the second half of our show, we're going to bring you some um, discussion and highlights from our national convention. I've just been reviewing some of the video from our convention, and it was just, I was trying to find certain scenes, but, you know, I'm listening to certain uh, segments. I'm like, oh, that's good, too. Oh, that's juicy. Oh, that's good. I was like, oh, man, this, 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 and it was just one segment that I was listening to. I said, okay, so we're going to have to figure that out. I was just thinking about it before the show. I think what we may do is just to make snippets from the whole convention. I believe we have over 20 hours of um being a virtual convention of recording from our convention. So maybe what we will do over the next year is just play excerpts and snippets from our convention, um, which was very um, profound in, in many ways. So do we have uh, Sister Loretta Vaughn on the, on the line now? Do we have Sister Loretta? Where is she calling from, do you know? Uh, she's calling from New York. I think it's a 917 it code. I'm on the line. Hello. Okay, great. Yes, we can hear you now. Can, can, you, hear, can you hear me okay? Yes, we hear you great. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, sure. Welcome to Conversation Reparations, and we're bringing you on for you to, uh, everybody may not be familiar with the December 12th movement. I don't think we've done a show yet. Uh, we've mentioned it before, but if you could just give us a brief background, December 12th movement and yourself, and then you can, then we will talk about the National Reparations Day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting us. Um, the work that you have done certainly has been a tremendous support to the December 12th movement, who is a human rights organization. We've been in existence now for almost coming up on 30 years. Um, wow. And some of the older members of the um, December 12th movement were Father um, Lawrence Lucas, Sonny Abubadika Carson, uh, Alambe Brass, Coltrane Shimaranga, uh, Robert Taylor, and of course Viola Plummer. Um, and and uh, Conrad wasn't and one of the original members, Conrad Worrell, but he was certainly instrumental in um, seeing that. Uh, Excuse me. I'm in a room that does not have a lot of ventilation. Excuse me. So um, the December 12th movement has been doing um, reparations since its onset, um, repairing, um, fighting for the repairing of the damages done since the transatlantic slave trade. Um, one of the things that happened, we met Conrad Worwell um, at the point at which we um, – decided that we needed to continue the legacy of Malcolm's work and take our struggle around human rights to the international arena. Yeah. And our August 15th rally, um, the National Day for Reparations, is the second day for reparations because at the point at which we went to um, the international, um, the World Conference on International Racism, um, one of the things that came out of it, first, first let me just go back a little bit. We took four, over 400 black people into Durban to um, bring into 
the uh, idea and the focus in the international arena that black people in the United States were not all Magic Johnson and uh, Oprah Winfrey, and <laughs> that we needed to, um, you know, be clear that um, black people continue to struggle with housing and health care and police brutality. Um, so when we went to the International um, Conference on Racism, Dr. Worrell was extremely um, instrumental in pulling mm -hmm. that movement together and um, pushing for the um, finite point, uh, my brother, that the transatlantic slave trade and slavery was a crime mm -hmm. against humanity, and therefore we would do reparations. So that's mm -hmm. the 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 um, some of the work of the December 12th movement, um, but you know that certainly precedes the um, the uh, August 15th National Day for Reparations. So I wanted just to just to give you that little bit of background and how um, Conrad and just his um, intellectual capacity and his energy were so um, instrumental in making the the, the, com the uh, conference a success and having uh, the Durban Declaration document um, come out of the World Conference and um, continuing to carry on the work. We used to take um, buses to the conference center every day. And Conrad was on one of the buses to kind of like give us information in terms of um, lobbying at the conference center the different countries to make sure that everyone understood that the transatlantic slave trade and slavery was a crime against humanity and therefore do reparations. And so we pushed for that and pushed for that. And Dr. Rowell was in the leadership of it. And so he um, just, because it, August 15th was going to be his birthday, was the day that was part of the reason that we wanted to dedicate the, the day to Dr. Rowell. The day, my yeah. brother, was extremely um, agitational, informational, and well-received, you know. Yeah, before, um, before you go there, I just wanted to make a couple of comments. Yeah. So, yeah, mm -hmm. so, yes, and we, we've talked about on a previous show, the, we did a whole show actually on the World Conference Against Racism, and there's actually right a documentary ahead. that was made about yeah. it as well. We interviewed right. Dr. Jewel the Durban We actually tried to interview yes. somebody. What did I say, the Durban, what did I say? Yes, the Derby 400. <laughs> yes. And um, I'm sorry, I just get excited sometimes. So, yes. And so, yeah, and, and we appreciate, you know, um, National Black United Front under Conrad Worrell and, and, and December 12th movement and the COBRA worked together. And there was a whole strategy session around yes. getting that, that, doc, that declaration to declare slavery a crime against humanity. And it was a great victory. And I just wanted to add mm -hmm. also, I think that I know that mm -hmm. part of the National Reparations Day was also um, – following up on the Millions for Reparations March, which was held on Marcus Garvey's birthday weekend Precisely. the Precisely. next year after exactly. Durban. Yeah, so right. now go ahead. Right, right. <laughs> Gosh, you're right on it. Why don't you just do this for me? Absolutely. No. Dr. Worrell <laughs> used to get on the bus every day, my brother, and give us our, you know, our orders for the day in terms of who it is that we were going to talk to. But as the conference closed down and the the, um, the Durban Declaration came into being, um, one of the things that Conrad proposed was that we have this National Day for Reparations. 
And as you so correctly have stated, wow. that was the first year um, in, in August of 2001 that we had the, um, the first National Day for Reparations in New York City. So that this second one is coming on um, the heels of the, um, all of the brutality and continued um, uh, brutality that happens in New York and certainly now around the world with the killing of George Floyd and uh, Breonna Taylor. And the, the, the list goes on and on. We can go all the way back to Emmett Till and, you know, um, so that our, our call for this national day comes out of, of um, the um, understanding that our struggle still continues. So that on that day, one of the things that we wanted to do, like you said earlier, was to champion with folks around the the country um, to um, make the day national, to see to it that people were involved because of the, the contradiction around COVID has, has stifled us terribly. And so people were not able to come out in mass the, the way in which they would have liked to. So like you um like you said, your um, rally in Atlanta was very successful. I'm sorry, somebody trying to say something? Okay, I'm getting a little feedback. Um, we also had um, uh, rallies in Newark um, on Mark and Broad. Um, we had a um, the uh, Women's for uh, Million Youth March um, to have a caravan all at the same time that the national day was going on so that we could, um, you know, come together in unity. Um, like the, one, of, one of the first speakers, um, Segun Shibaka, I'm sure you know him, he um, talked about the absolute necessity for unity for, for black people um, as these um, um, fascistic kind of brutalities exist and continue with um, us around police brutality. So the day we wanted it to um, get the information out to people about the con the conference, um, to talk about what's going on now, to begin again to talk to use reparations based on our understanding of it. In New York, there was a real boost in terms of reparations and um, the information about it and the media coverage and et cetera, because the politicians were now um, at the time of the primaries wanting the votes of black people. And so they came out and, you know, on, you know, pushing for reparations. Now you don't see them, but um, we're clear that it's us who have to define what reparations mean. And so we asked the, the speakers um, on this national day to speak to um, reparations from the perspective of what it is that black people need in terms of housing, in terms of healthcare, in terms of uh, defunding the police, um, in terms of education, that ours is the worst, you know, or, or, or across the country. And so the, the speakers agitated folks and, and, and moved them uh, towards the um, understanding of that, that reparations is gonna come from us. And that the direction, as Malcolm said, we have to take it to the international arena. And so now we're going to be moving. We're going, just like we prepared for Durban, we're looking to have small, again, 
agitational uh, um, events kinds of in the street to get people to understand what reparations means, how it is that it connects to our everyday lives. We had one speaker for the sister from the Palestinian. She spoke uh, from Palestine, excuse me. She spoke of the uh, two beasts, one body, you know, in, in terms of making the, the global connection around our uh, our brutality and, and the uh, the uh, our still um, destruction of the of the black nation. So we, um, as we continued to to do the agitation on that day, uh, my brother, we would announce what was going on. So um, the um, the motorcade that they had in um, oh, where did they have the motorcade going? Okay, to um, the name escapes me. Um, where the brothers were buried, the the, the grave site. Excuse me. Um, where the brothers were buried, and um, they had a um, they were the bones were dug up, and then they they were trying to build a school on top of that. Uh, and once the people found out that they were trying to build a school on top of that, they had they stopped the cessation of the um, of the um, of the building. And so there, there was a there was a motorcade to that burial ground. Yes, um, and so um, they 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 were extremely successful. Kofi um, took heart said that if they it was it was excuse me in Houston, Texas, uh, Sugarland ninety five is where the burial ground is, and that's where they went. So during the course of the rally, we talked about they were pulling out and what they were doing. Pam Africa in Jersey. Um, they we talked about what was going on in Philly with uh, um, the move and 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 Empress Chi. Um, we talked also about what was happening in you know um, in uh, in Maryland in in different parts of the country. So it was truly a national event where people um, heard the um, information around the state um, and that. You know, we're now going to be reaching out. We had over 38 endorsers. Um, we're now going to be reaching out to all of the endorsers, including yourself, because we uh, truly appreciate your support. Because our next bit of work is going to be to get back in the street, to get back people to just like we did the um, kinds of free um, organizing that we did for the Durban 400. We're going to and to begin to go into the international arena and into the ICC, we're going to start these these, these small little uh, bits of getting information to people and and getting people uh, to, uh, to get engaged and to talk about what's happened. We had the tribunal where people came and talked about what was going on in their communities. So um, I've talked a long time, and I guess I should um, stop a little bit and to see whether or not you want me to go in another direction or. or is all of this clear to you? Because uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the um, uh, the bits and pieces of information that were given at the rally on on the 15th. We had a brother. His name is um, Father Frank Morales, and he's been doing work in housing for a very very long time. And he said that one of the things that we have to do um, uh, for those of us without housing, reparations for the homeless folks is um is in a, a form of a home 
um, health care rehabilitation built for people under the heels of uh, genocide, you know, for their, for, for their, their life expectancy is, 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 has lessened because of the health care, which is one of the reasons that COVID has, has affected us so devastatingly because we don't have good um, proper health care. And if you're a homeless person, one of the things that um, Father Morales talked about is the, um, the notion that you're, you're now going to be exposed to the elements and and um that the state's attack in this terroristic way is is going to affect the the homeless and black people in general far far greater yes that's good you know what what i was what i was thinking i wanted you to emphasize and i was talking to a young person about it uh yesterday was around what some of the follow-up and what's going on because we could always talk about what we did and pat ourselves on the back to a certain degree, but then there's all the work that still lies ahead. But you actually went into that already and talking about, <laughs> you know, what's the follow-up and what's the next steps and what's the next moves that you all are working mm-hmm. on. So I think that's, that's mm-hmm. really appropriate. And I, and I do think, mm-hmm. though, people we can get a little sense of what actually, you know, what were some of the things that were discussed or came out of the actual day so if you wanted mm-hmm. to elaborate on that a little bit more, like you just talked about the housing, I think that would be definitely appropriate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, one, you know, because people are now under the, this um, damning COVID virus, the, the, um, the importance of us working and pushing for um, quality health care mm-hmm. under, um, you know, single payer, there's a couple of... Um, uh, legis- pieces of legislation here in New York that are being offered one by um, Charles Barron um, and he's pushing forth for a uh, single payer you know like you were saying um, the, uh, the the legislation that um, John Conyers had out for years and now is being taken up again um, certainly needs to be pushed for you know so those pieces of legislation people talked about you know pe- getting involved in that and understanding what it is and, um, you know, reading over the, the pieces of legislation for yourself. We see the success that happened um, for the uh, the people and that just recently got reparations in um, uh, Illinois. Um, certainly uh, uh, Lionel John P- Baptiste um, and and the, uh, the legislation that they got to um, get um, reparations is uh is out front there's also an, another piece uh, a really successful piece the name the uh, the town escapes me it's Asheville uh, North Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah. right they just recently uh won their reparations uh struggle and we had a webinar with the sister um Shamika and um the brother Keith um who were both extremely instrumental in Asheville and the things, the kind of things that they talked about too are, are what we're also taking up here because we recognize that the um, information on every level um, to people that are struggling um, is, is really important that like Malcolm said, my brother, we make it plain and it, you know, remove the, 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 the mystical and the mystery of it and that it's not all going to be, um, it's going to be us fighting for it in the street. You have to look at now what has been done just since um, these most recent killings of uh, George Floyd. 
you know, the, the mountains have been moved. You know, certainly um, the brother said that we have to seize the the moment. We have when we see that um, these kinds of things happen to us as a mass of people. You know. Um, respond to it, get in the street, it can, you know, have a webinar, have a, 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 something on the radio, you know, but, but don't think that you're, you're, you're the only one, you know, that there are people around that are doing lots of things and we, we're going to win this reparation struggle. We're going to win this, um, you know, damning mountain that is um, upon us because there's the, the, it's the history that we know. You know, we came here under chain. They stole us. We have this um, saying, they stole us, they sold us, they owe us. So reparations is, um, you know, no surrender straight ahead, power to the people. Yes, yes, yes. I just wanted to like to add a little to, to the narrative. I think we should start saying more, and actually it was an elder that brought this to my attention actually some years ago. Uh, it may have been Conrad, I'm not sure. But we should start reframing the narrative that we are already winning reparations. And no even question. the example that you gave in, in, in um, Asheville and Chicago and, and Evanston, but even other examples through corporations, Georgetown University, and sure, other colleges, sure. um, we, we already are winning it. And we're just continuing to, to build on those wins and, 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 and amplify on that. And also, I just wanted to share, I know some of us say that, you know, when we talk about single payer and those kind of programs, that that's not reparations. We should fight for them, and we deserve them anyway, as some of us want to claim, as those who claim ourselves mm -hmm. as citizens of the United States of America, those mm -hmm. things are, are, mm -hmm. are, are due and should be uh, a part of American policy, period. Um, no question. And, and but, but reparations is more, is specifically what we say that we need for ourselves, not, you know, um, any, any, anything else other than that. And so, but we definitely do support some of those, those initiatives as well as just basic um, justice issues and basic policy that should be in place in America anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without question. Without okay. question. So uh, I think we're going to, um, I wanted to move around this time to, to hearing some of, of the webinar from um, the, that we organized in the Atlanta area. What would give you some time just to give some closing remarks and how people can uh, maybe just re quickly remind us of what are some of the upcoming things, if there's some specific events or specific things that people should be looking out for coming out of December 12th movement in the next month or two, and um, what, whatever you'd like to leave us with as, as we close out this segment of the conversation. We do have a, a, a call, um, my brother, that we pulled together. Um, it's called Let's Talk. And so certainly we would like to get that information out to people, you know. Um, if we have a website, it's d12m at aol.com. And people can reach us at D for David, 12, the number 12, M for movement, at AOL.com. Our phone number is 718 
718-398-1766. Again, that number is 718-398-1766. And again, the email address and the website is D12, D for David, 12, M like movement, dot com is the website. The email address is D for David, 12, M at AOL, dot com. Again, the number is 718-398-1766. That's the home of um, Sister's Place. So you, when you, um, if you want to leave a message, it'll say Sister's Place, but we are the home of the December 12th movement. Thank you. Thank you so much for um, contributing to Conversation Reparations. Uh, please give my greetings to Brother Roger Wareham and Sister Viola Plummer and to your um, organization. And we will continue to stay in touch and continue please. to not stay in touch, but we'll, we'll continue to, to work together um, and moving his reparations forward and continuing to build on our win, our win. Very much appreciate your work, yes. And thank you, Sister Loretta. All right. Thank you. Have a good evening. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. So we, bye-bye. So we, at this time, we have should have a clip ready to, to play where we, as um, just wanted to set it up a little bit more um, with Brother Molly Davis, an activist attorney in Atlanta, um, connected with me um, and, and said, you know, we want he wanted to do something in connection with National Reparations Day um, put forward by December 12th movement. And I said, and I said that I wanted to, if we do do something, um, that we need, I wanted to make sure that it it was um, strategic, and in my opinion, helped to forward the the movement specifically, and meaning that more than just maybe coming together and talking about reparations. Although that is very important, although that is a part of the movement work, we have to constantly educate people, have rallies, have town hall meetings, even this radio show is another format where we work on educating people around reparations and getting the word out. But even in that vein, I wanted it to be very uh, strategic, and so we decided to, to do what I mentioned earlier, which was to have a webinar to invite uh, elected officials in Georgia to hear from those elected officials in those cities that we've talked about already several times, Everton, Chicago, and the state of New York, to hear how they have been moving the reparations in their, their local area, and then hopefully that would inspire them and give them some um, mentors or people that they can look up to in addition to INCOBA to begin to move reparations locally in the Atlanta metropolitan area as well as the state of Georgia. So. That's what we did, and so we will hear a clip from that now. Having me as part of this group, and I'll turn it back over to you. Thank you, Sister Olaramy. We appreciate it. We're ready to dive right in. I'm I'm excited, looking forward to learning. Um, we are going to start out with Brother Charles Barron, and uh, Brother Barron is a long-distance runner, um, long, long history of, of Black liberation work uh, in New York and around the country, and uh, just real grateful that he is able to join us uh, from the vehicle. So hopefully we have some good audio. We got good visual 
uh, Brother Baron, uh, but hopefully you have good audio on you. I'm going to start. Uh, if you can give us a good, strong three minutes just in terms of uh, why you think in this moment um, reparations is so important of an issue in this in this historic moment. So, Brother Barron, if you can come in and then um, we're going to go from you to uh, Alderman uh, uh, Robin Simmons. So, Brother Barron, you're muted. You got to unmute. There you go. How about now? All right, great. Right on, everybody. I'm so excited about the times we're living in because I always believe that the struggle may be long, but our victory is certain. We're going to win this, and this is the right time for reparations. But I always like to put reparations in the context of our larger struggle because if we get reparations, and inevitably we will, and we don't have liberation and revolution, and then we'll still be on the American plantation without reparations. So we have to tie that to the larger struggle of dismantling this racist, parasitic, predatory capitalist system and its warmongering, imperialistic foreign policy. Racism is capitalism and domestic colonialism. is not reparations in New York State. We are focusing on a community commission, which has nine members of the community and only five of the state. I think how these commissions are comprised or these task forces are comprised are important. We have a majority, and by the way, and COBRA is one of the organizations that can appoint three members of the commission. The December 12th movement is another organization that can appoint three members. And then the Ron Daniels Institute of the Black World can appoint three members. And then there's one from the governor's office, one from the assembly, and one from the Senate. This commission will be charged with finding remedies for reparation. How much, what form, and who's eligible to receive it? And I'll leave all of the debates on that for the commission. I believe it should come in the form of land and cash because we got to make sure we make the distinction between what we're currently fighting for within the system as taxpayers so we can't have our enemy tell us what the reparations is. There's a hundred reparation proposals, and they can't tell us giving our kids scholarships is reparations because that's That's something you should be doing to us because what you're not doing with our taxpaying dollars. So we got to make that distinction between reparations, a debt owed for enslavement and Jim Crow and institutional racism, and what we're supposed to be getting currently from this system, like housing and education, and health care. We paid for that already, and the reparations is a separate debt for that. So I'm excited. I won't take any more time. There's a lot of speakers. We have it in the Powerful Ways and Means Committee. I got it out of the Government Operations Committee. I have over 50 yeah, uh, sponsors, and we're moving it. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Baron. Thank you. you getting it, Getting us jumped off. Um, we appreciate you. Our, our sister from, from Evanston, uh, please say lo- hello to uh, Lionel John Baptiste. He was my roommate in, we were in Durban. Um, we went for the Durban 400 together and he had to kick me out of the room because he said I snored too loud. 
Come on in, sister. We appreciate you. Appreciate your work. We're originally from Chicago, so uh, Everston is uh, is our family. So thank you for including me. And I think the sister Anana left, but I need you all to know if you didn't get this book, I'm recommending it. It's been my guide. I'm traveling with it actually right now. I'm in Tennessee. Um, I'm blessed to celebrate my father's 70th um, birthday. Um, so I hope that my internet connection is well. Um, but now is is the time. Um, you know, so people ask often, why now? Well, we are not saying now is the time, right? We've been fighting for this time. We have already been here. But now that our nation and our allies are awakened, and even if it is in their guilt or their education or the emotions of what's happening today, they are awakened. And now we must be one voice pushing together boldly um, in the direction of reparations. And so I'm just excited to be a part of this movement. Um, I only started pursuing reparations last year, uh, early in February, February 2019. And I was um, inexperienced enough to believe that a lot of good work and more diversity and inclusion and all of these um, you know, types of committees and things that we do in government would be enough for us to get um, to the redress that we deserve and I saw very soon into my elected office, I'm three years into my office, that anything less than reparation is an inadequate uh, response, policy response to the issues, the trauma, the crimes against humanity that were established in, uh, in Durban when you were there with Brother Lionel. Anything less than reparations is not good enough for our people. And that's where I'm at. I led with that. And I'm rallying my community. You know, we're working on reparations from a very, very hyper local level. My city is only 74,000 plus people. We have a uh, declining black population because of lack of affordability. We're being pushed out. There's no sense of place. And reparations was the most bold and radical policy uh, piece that I could use within the infrastructure that we have to bridge the gaps. We have $46,000 divide in household income. We have an achievement gap, a wealth gap, a house, a home ownership gap. Everything was actually not just being sustained, but it was widening while we were applauding our good work and our diversity. And so the diversity that we have in our city was really on the backs of um, the Black folks in the war that I serve. I serve a predominantly Black community that was historically redlined. So in our case... Our local reparations is mostly found in our um, housing policy, our zoning and redlining. And I'm just excited to be a part of this movement. Like uh, Brother Charles Barron, I believe in our victory, our collective victory. I'm excited to be partnered with so many others like um, Alderman Rod Sawyer, who's right there bordering us in Chicago. So grateful for, to Encobra. I'm proud I had to take a payment plan, but I paid for my um, lifetime membership. And um, I'm really just excited about what we're going to do as a people. Now is the time, you know, in my life, I've never experienced anything like this, but I'm hearing even from the elders that this is a unique time in history, a window like no other, that we have to press hard and press united in one voice. And I'm excited to be here.
Man, sis, thank you. Thank you. You got me fired up. I just have to lift up Queen and Jiri Algani's name just in that spirit, that energy. So um, we're going to keep moving, y'all. Um, as you can see, we have folks that have been doing the work. Um, I, I started my day off writing um, and listening to uh, Conrad Worrell um, and the gathering that they had in Chicago with Brother Sawyer. And um, and it was just so uplifting to to hear um, Baba Conrad, you know, again, you know, and I hear him in my in my spirit um, in the mornings. But uh, it was just really, really powerful um, to see him working with uh, Brother Sawyer. And I know Brother Sawyer's family. I'm originally from Chicago. So long, long history. So Brother Brother Sawyer come in and then we're going to pivot and turn to our our, our Georgia um our Georgia legislator, starting with uh, Renita Shannon and then going to uh, Brother Baker and then uh, to my sister uh, here in the city of Decatur. And we're going to do some great stuff here, uh, Commissioner uh, Lisa um, Meyer. So, uh, Brother Sawyer, come on in, my brother. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. And 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 I, I want to just thank everybody for being here, Robin. I really want to thank you. You've been a leader in this uh I'm also new to reparations. I, I really have to tell this story in my couple of minutes since you mentioned uh, Baba Conrad Worrell, who is somebody, even though I've known for about 40 years, uh, the last couple of years we were working on, you know, he got me and he and Cam had talked, me, uh, talked to me several times about reparations. And I started to get in, really more involved. And this, this is kind of funny. We were uh, Cam and I were working with some others about, our initial resolution we were preparing uh, for the Chicago reparations movement. And we presented it to brother Conrad. Uh, Conrad looked at it for a couple of minutes and, and literally threw it back at us. <laughs> he said, Rod, you're a lawyer. Come on. This is horrible. Come on. This is not what we're talking about. And he gave proceeded to give me a bunch of books to start reading and a lot of material. And we all went back and we, we redid it and, and, and we, got it to a point where he was extremely happy with what we were doing. And, but it was, it was that putting in the work and, and, and getting the education that I was getting since I was the newest person to this movement when I, when I was dealing with it. And I learned so much in the documents that he gave me and I will be forever grateful to brother Conrad uh, for his inspiration and education of me uh, to discuss reparations. And I think that's one of the things we have to talk about at least in Chicago, and I'm sure all over the country, our brothers and sisters really don't know what this fight is all about. And I think that's something that we need to educate more people about. It's not just getting a check. And I'm not diminishing the debt owed to us, but there's so much more for us to do as people uh, to break the chains. There's a debt owed to us socially, emotionally, healthcare. There's so many things that, that we need to be taking uh, this opportunity to push forward on. And, and like you said, a lot of this stuff is stuff that they owe us already. That's not reparations. But we're still stuck in that slave mentality that I want us to break. And that's really the, I know that's a part of an uncomfortable conversation, but we need to break that slave thinking. And that's when I got the documents, I really started liberating myself and how I talk and how I um, engage with people, even the words I use. Uh, it, it changed me. So 
I just want to leave that with everyone here. I know we have a lot of speakers here today, but I just could not leave without saying something to Brother Conrad Worrell. Uh, happy belated birthday to him. And, uh, you know, rest in power. He's an inspiration. And uh, he'll, I'll, again, forever be grateful for his uh, instruction to me. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Brother Sawyer. We appreciate you. And um, he, they also have are announcing at, at 12 Central time his scholarship, his daughter, sister, uh, Dr. Femi Worrell Skanes. So um, the, the struggle continues. And as um, Sister Olaremi raised up, uh, they just can't kill us all because we're going to live. The revolution and the struggle and the movement lives. So um, I want to bring a very powerful sister uh, who is here in Georgia, who continually speaks truth to power, who just really busted up on the um, the Georgia political scene, just like, you know, I'm here for the people. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to fight for the people and in the interest of the people. So that really pulled uh, me closer to her in terms of just, you know, supporting that kind of radical, um, you know, and it, it's really not radical. It's just what's necessary. Uh, so Sister, uh, our State Representative Renita Shannon, would you come in and just talk about uh, your feelings about this moment for reparations and, and particularly in Georgia, because we are in the, uh, the deep, dirty South, y'all. So y'all up north. All right. Uh, you've been listening to um, a segment from the National Reparations Day um, program that was held um, in Atlanta. Uh, it was held virtually. <laughs> it was sponsored by activists in Atlanta, the Atlanta chapter, the Cobra, Sister Care Alliance, the David Bozeman Law Firm, the Malcolm X Grassroots Movement chapter in Atlanta, and, and many other organizations. The actual title was called Winning Reparations Locally, a Reparations Panel Discussion with Legislators. Again, it was called Winning Reparations Locally, a Reparations Panel Discussion with Legislators. And you can um, find that um, video on YouTube. On YouTube, it's called National Reparations Day. And so, again, um, I, I really could have pulled any clip from any part of that webinar. It was very powerful and very strong. Um, and it just continued. It's a full two-hour presentation. Uh, with the dialogue back and forth between the legislators who have done a little bit more work towards reparations and those who are in the local Atlanta, Georgia area um, working on doing more work towards reparations. And so, again, and I have to acknowledge my, my dear brother, um, Maoli Davis, again, activist attorney in Atlanta, used to be the male co-chair of Atlanta chapter in Cobra years ago. And he continued, and we continue to work together on, on putting together dynamic projects like this. And he always continues to support the work of reparations and in COVID specifically. All right. We are um, going to transition now. We're coming up into the next hour, and we, we're going to talk about the Encobra National Convention. Um, as, as I said before, we will probably um, bring you snippets and excerpts from it maybe all throughout the year at least for the next few months because there was so much it was so rich and 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 so powerful and i think that one of the things that we the show that you just were listening to 
also sets a good foundation for um, the Encobra Convention as well because the feature, I consider it the feature um, two panels that we had during our convention. The first panel was on the first, this, the first what I'm calling feature panel was on HR 40 and SB 1083 and the work that's being done to advance those two federal bills at the House level and the Senate level in terms of moving the reparation, creating a reparations commission at the federal level. And then the second panel was on the uh, local work that's being done uh, at the city and state level. And, and again, those three national people that you heard were the same three as well as many, as well as others who were a part of the INCOBRA convention. So Alder Woman Robin Ruth Simmons was on, as well as Charles Barron, as well as um, Alderman Sawyer and others. So you're actually getting a little taste of some of the conversation that was also held at the National and COBRA Convention. So I have invited some of the um, organizers of the COBRA Convention and those who were participants in the COBRA Convention, um, members of COBRA, activists, supporters of COBRA, to come on this call and share with you firsthand their experience, their contribution, and their thoughts and insights on the COBRA Convention. I'm not sure who we have on right now. I know Brother uh, Sammy Sanchez, one of our dynamic youth activists out of the D.C. Maryland area, uh, informed me that he's on the call. Do we have some other um, people on the call, Brother? Uh, yeah, you have several folks up here. Did you want to take a break or, or go uh, to the calls? Well, well, you could go ahead and, and play a little snippet of our music, and then we, we will um, go ahead and, and, and bring them on the other side of their music. Um, that The other video that you sent me, I was unable to open it, so you, you can send it again after the break. Maybe I can try it. Okay. Um, all right. Um, all right, very good. Okay. America bounced the check, and no, it ain't all about the dough, but my people still pull reparations and tools, so just give me what you owe. No, we won't renounce the debt, America bounced the check, and no, it ain't all about the dough, but my people still pull reparations and tools, so just give me what you owe. Capitalists are the enemy, but we get treated like the villain when prison is homicide, cause they making a killing, and war generates more loot, so that's why Bush is going off.
Chicago, Illinois. Uh, this is Cam. All right, brother Cam, National Co-Chair of Incoba. I didn't know how to uh, unmute myself, but uh, you can hear me, so I'm good. We can hear you. <laughs> so, so. Brother Elliot Booker, how are you, my brother? <laughs> I recognize that voice. <laughs> how are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good, man. Thank you. Thank you so much you've uh, done to assist Incoba getting our message out, man. Much appreciated. Okay. Who else do we have on the call? Uh, let's go Lady to Freedom Sel- on deck. Selma, Alabama. Lady Freedom on deck. All right. And another call from Selma. Sister Yomi. Sister Yomi. Female All co-chair right. of the Youth Commission. Also NCPC organizer for this year's convention for Encobra. Congratulations, and Cobra. We are up to 147 co-sponsors for HR40. We are uh, getting there. I say, I say, I say. Yeah. I think, well, before the convention, it was what, 142. So it's continuing to, and just in the last few weeks, we've added some more. Uh, Brother Sammy Sanchez, are you there? Can you hear me? Okay, well, yeah. yes, sir, yes, sir. Okay, I'm on. All right, all right, all right, great, 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 great. All right. Uh, well, why don't we do this? Why don't you, Sister Yomi, as the uh, female co-chair, full disclosure, along with myself as Camille co-chair of the Convention Planning Committee, maybe give us, start out with giving the context for the National and Cobra Convention how, you know, we originally began planning it to be in Selma and then, you know, shifting to a virtual convention and the themes and all of that? That's correct. Um, Our city, Selma, Alabama, actually um, was awarded the bid 
for the 2020 convention. We were very exciting, excited and um, planning for a face-to-face convention. We started our promotions early in the year, um, really heightening that at Jubilee time in Selma, which was in March, to only find out that right after our Jubilee that we would be facing this pandemic and forced to go into quarantine and all of our correspondence, conventions, meetings, etc., all went virtual. I'm also a middle school um, educator, and so today we were back to school for the first day, and this virtual I might have some background noise. I'm no. sorry to cut you, interrupt you. Someone's yeah, I, think it's on the, I, think it's on, I think it's on the sister's end that was talking. Oh, okay. Oh, it's on my end? Okay, I don't know what to do. I'm just laying here trying to keep my eyes open long enough to get through this interview. Um, but but um, we, um, the NCPC came up with a few things that were presented before our board. Um, we were able to win out the vote there as well. So the theme for this year was um, what the youthdom say. And the answer, everybody, is Reparations. Reparations Day. now. I say, I say, it all goes together. So um, we were very happy to be able to then move from a face-to-face convention to a 100% virtual convention. So again, congrats to um, Encobra that we were successfully able to do that. We had an awesome convention that um, was definitely centered around youth. Uh, one of our main objectives for this convention was not only to attract and recruit uh, youth uh, so to make a part of Encobra and continue this movement uh, towards reparations for our people, but we were blessed with some dynamic young people from all around the world. We had young people join us from as far as uh, Africa, the Caribbean, um, and all throughout the United States. As you mentioned, um, we had some dynamic panels on Wednesday, I'm sorry, on Saturday, um, that particularly focused around uh, reparations and the, the federal bills, as you mentioned, that we have in the House and the Senate. We had a dynamic intergenerational dialogue with um, youth activists and elders um, who have been involved in this movement for so very long, just leaving that charge. Uh, so the baton was passed on to our youth. Um, we had a teaching on Thursday, um, which was kind of geared towards our younger youth between the ages of 12 and 18, 19, um, where we um, made sure that they understood what reparations are, what those five major injuries are, um, why we deserve reparations. That was all brought together and brought home for us, if you will, by uh, Dr. Greg Carr um, in his awesome um, communication and, and uh, lesson to the youth. We had uh, Dr. Wimbush from Morgan State chime in, Brother um, Asa, um, Lucada out of Mississippi, uh, Megra Eversville. So it was a variety of activities. Oh, my goodness. What you talking about? Black lawyer, uh, black power. 
um, and in her session, I have to give big ups to my sister on her session that she gave uh, 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 centered around her book that is entitled just that black power back black lawyer uh that she did last week it was dynamic um so yeah we had wonderful presenters um awesome attendance it was just a all in all beautiful and blessed and powerful first time ever fully virtual convention um, so we're just really grateful, um, those young people that we were able to attract and recruit, or we're now looking at staffing or making them part of the various commissions that Encobra has, and eventually um, looking forward to seeing them roll over into leadership for Encobra, because as we know, no movement is successful without the inclusion of young people. Every successful uh, movement that has happened has, become, has been because of the involvement of young people. Um, so we're, again, just grateful. Uh, we had an awesome time. And for those that were not able to join us in person, our videos uh, will be available um, shortly. I see, I see. Um, and I just wanted to also add that you know, I think that Encova was very visionary in terms of, put, you know, putting a certain amount of attention to our young people. And even specifically, I want to just also uh, acknowledge you, Sister uh, Yomi, for, you know, as a school teacher, understanding that if we're going to talk about reparations or talk about anything, we definitely have to break it down to the young people's level. So the youth uh, day, particularly the day Thursday when we opened, you know, not only did we have these scholars that she just mentioned earlier, but we had animation, we had cartoons, we had rap, a reparations rap video that was made by young people, the real young prodigies. And so we had, a, um, you know, a music videos with our pictures of our ancestors and freedom fighters uh, with, with music behind it. And, and so it was done in a very dynamic way. And even the Yomi insisting upon not even developing the youth component if the youth weren't involved in the actual planning of it so much so we were a little bit nervous like okay now we got to get this program together but anyway it did come together very powerfully and very beautifully and um with the involvement of the youth actually planning it and being instrumental in it in every way and so we we were um very proud of, of that aspect of our convention and I think that's a, maybe a good segue to bring in two of our, our, our young uh, rising stars in Encobra, young leaders. Um, so, Sister Lady Freedom, why don't you share a little bit with um, about, you know, what's the activism work that you do and why you feel like it's important to be working with uh, reparations and the uh, some of the highlights maybe from the National Encobra Convention? Absolutely. Um so my my first interaction with Encobra came as um, being an organizer with the National Bridge Crossing Jubilee with Selma and meeting um, people like yourself, Rose Jim okay, um and um, Mama and Jerry, who's mm -hmm. with us in the ancestral realm at this point. I really feel like not only as um, as a a melanated person from the motherland, <laughs> reparations is is due um, in all forms to our people. 
Um, but as a Panther, it's part of our platform. And so it's always important to me to, whenever I get a call about working together with Cobra or working toward uh, reparations, I mean, that's part of our, our platform. And so definitely my duty. I know that we had some Panther Cubs to attend as a part of the the youth conference and they're still excited about their involvement. The, it was great videos, you know, and really just was exciting to see how the conference was adapted to reach out to the young people in ways that they are willing to absorb. And so when I seen um, one of the youth come and say, hey, my video stopped. I need you to unlock the phone so I can get back to the video. You know, it let me know that um, that the young people were intrigued and that they were actually um, interested in the subject matter. And so now when we say, you know, hey, we we fight for reparations, it's a little easier for them to be involved. And so I'm glad for that. And I really want to thank, um, thank you all for the vision to say, hey, we need to involve the youth more so that we can get more youth involvement. And so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing even what they do from going here on and um, even just forwarding the conversation for reparations. And uh, the week after, let me think, let me think, a week or two after our conference, there was another, um, I was, requested to be a delegate for the Movement for Black Lives uh, conference and even just interjecting, hey, when we talk about black agenda, reparations needs to be there. We need to be talking about HB40 and things of that nature. And so even just interjecting that into conversations and spaces uh, with other networks and organizations. And so I'm looking forward to hitting that magic number of what we need for uh, for the bill to be pushed forward, and it really takes all of us taking a piece out the eating a piece out the elephant to make it go away, right? Or to to bring it to pass. And so I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, being in Alabama and being in a state where the when the census was done during uh, a portion of the time of slavery. Uh, Dallas County was actually the number one per capita uh, and as far as population for enslaved people. And so uh, I feel like Alabama definitely has um, a big responsibility to be a part of making that debt be absolved. We do have some local lawyers who are interested in um, – using their talent to move us forward as well. And so we just, if everyone, we say if everybody does a little, nobody has to do a lot. And if everybody just uses what resources and talents that they have to move it forward, we'll get there sooner than we think. I know it's been a long time coming, but we will definitely get there sooner than we Mm -hmm. think. And I'm really excited to see the excitement with the young people um, we had great 
response. Um, I mean, we had young people from, from the knee highs all up to the high schools and the colleges. And so mm-hmm. I'm really I'm excited to see what's going to come to pass with that. You know, the more the more we do, the more results that we'll see. And I know we're getting close, like I said, to that magic number. And so it's just really encouraging to me even um, having discussed even what those reparations look like through um, through the radio station where I started with WBSD 105.3 and even um, as an extension of the Panther Party with, with Black Empowerment Radio doing the reparations worldwide radio um, just having discussions, you know, it's, it's many times there's, there's naysayers that say what will not, but we know that if we continue to do what we need to do, uh, that we will prove those naysayers wrong. And I'm excited that we're going to see this come to pass in my lifetime. We're, 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 we're changing the narrative. We talked about that earlier on the show. We're changing yes. the narrative. The narrative is that we are already winning reparations. We are oh, already right. winning reparations in many different levels, whether you're talking about Everson, Chicago, whether you're talking about Georgetown University, whether you're talking about these corporations, we're already winning reparations, and, and it's just going to continue to, to build. Yes, and, and we're the ones that we've been waiting for. You know, we are the ones that we've been waiting for. And I, I, and now that we see that there are uh, new pushes uh, from the other side of the diaspora, right, from the other side of um, of the Middle Passage, we're beginning to see African countries say, hey, reparations is due not only to us here in America, but also to the African countries in Africa. Um, and so when we begin to see more of that, um, it's really going to allow us to achieve what we've been reaching for um, because uh, it really is more than just something for us here on this side. Uh, it really is due across the diaspora and we're going to see it in our lifetime. Uh, we already see it. And thank you for that sharing. I just wanted you, uh, we could bring you back in a conversation. We will. I just wanted you, though, um, before we go to bringing in Brother Sammy, wanted you to, um, you mentioned that you were a Panther and you mentioned Panther Cubs. So maybe you could just edify that a little bit for everybody who may not know the reference that you just made when you called yourself yeah. a Panther and the Panther Cubs. Yeah, I'm glad you asked about that, Brother Jamoke, because a lot of times people think of Panthers as something that is in the history books, right? And even though we still make history to this day, I know that we're not publicized to the point and uh, that maybe our predecessors were, but um, I've been panthering over a decade here, um, starting with the New Black Panther Party for self-defense under the leadership of then then Chairman Malik Zulu-Shabazz. And over time, you know, I find that people are unaware of the existence of modern day Panthers and, and furthermore, the, uh, the different factions of the Panthers. And so, um, I probably start with the people's new black Panther party at this time under the leadership of chairman Hashim and Zinga. And okay, it's interesting you. because right. some of our, right. our, People say, well, yeah. you know, we don't see you all. We don't see. And as as chairwoman for the state, I had the uh, the privilege and 
the um, the point of privilege to be able to designate what our uniform is. So for safety, uh, we don't necessarily uh, dress in uh, all black like some expect. And I was able to determine we would have civilian dress for a safety uh, reason, but have been effective. Feeding programs don't stop. We don't have to wear a certain uniform to feed people, to empower people. We continue to do that and to push the, the points, growing neighborhoods, building uh, building neighborhoods and really real liberated zones here in Birmingham and other parts of the state uh, as an extension of the Panther Party. The Huey P. Newton Gun Club is a civilian organization or, or, or a branch of the Panther Party for those who may not want to uh, be in a uniform or boots and boots on the ground in that type of fashion. But, um, you know, sometimes civilians feel more comfortable uh, with that, and so we are empowering uh, the people with that as well. Uh, thank you, Sister Lady Freedom. All right. So this this uh, next young brother I would like to bring into the conversation just, I know, kind of blew me away with his energy and enthusiasm, and we, we, we've been in, in rec- consistent communication since our convention. And, and doing a lot of dynamic things in the D.C., Maryland area to advance operations. We're glad that he has connected his work with Encobra. So, Brother uh, Sammy Sanchez, why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about yourself and the work that you're doing with the reparations movement and your connection to the Encobra Convention? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Brother. Uh, good evening, everybody, brothers and sisters. My name is Sammy Sanchez. I'm based in Washington, D.C., uh, the DMV area. I live in, nor- in Northeast DC. Uh, I'm originally from Camden, New Jersey, uh, and uh, I am uh, the son of a Dominican woman and a Puerto Rican man, uh, both black. <laughs> uh, and uh, I've been uh, I've joined the fight for reparations uh, f- uh, and for the passing of the HR 40 bill for reparations for African Americans about five months ago and uh it has really taken over my life so i just want to share some things that we have going on in dc uh what i've been organizing and hopefully uh i can uh inspire and you brothers and sisters can join uh join join me and 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 give me advice and and help me connect uh well so uh i started an organization called the reparations now coalition it's funny that tonight is uh, the National Republican National Convention because we are the Reparations Now Coalition, the RNC. Uh, uh, and so what we uh, we have been doing is uh, we've, we've become an amplifier for reparations here in Washington, D.C. Uh, so uh, one of the things that we have been doing is we started a mural campaign. So... Uh, we commissioned uh, an artist. His name is Demont Pender. You can find him on social media. He is known as the Hip Hop Picasso. He created a mural for reparations uh, here in Maryland for us. And we're having our official reveal on August 29th. Uh, you, there's going to be tons of promotion around it in the next uh, few days. We'll be promoting at the March on Washington so that people can know how to find the mural and come take pictures around the mural. Uh, and Cobra, uh, uh, brothers and sisters from Cobra have donated to the mural, and we are incorporating Cobra uh, in the mural. And uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful 
piece that speaks to uh, the need for full repair, uh, uh, true reparation uh, for African-Americans, descendants of slaves here in America. So we started our, our national uh, mural campaign. We have brothers and sisters reaching out to us from uh, Patterson, New Jersey, New York, uh, Philadelphia, uh, asking uh, how they can get a uh, reparations now mural in their area. And so I, I'm organ I'm looking, you know, researching to find uh, mural campaigns that are going on in different cities that want to join this reparation now mural. Uh, campaign and you can follow me on social media and follow the uh, the, the mural project there's going to be a documentary on the creation of the mural NBC Washington is actually going to be doing a piece on uh, the mural uh, and so everybody will be able to uh, you know to hear about the need for reparation and how this mural uh, is a national call to action a national call to action so that uh, a national call to action imploring everyone to join this fight we have to be louder than black lives matter because we've always known that black lives matter because we are black right we have to understand that pieces of reparation like defunding the police and things of that nature that fit under the umbrella of reparation need to be need to be under reparation everybody needs to be talking about reparation and what the reparations now coalition is doing is becoming an amplifier for reparation in addition to the, our August 29th uh, mural reveal, we're also going to be happy, having our reparations amplifying uh, black uh, community to community cookout. So basically what we're doing is we have a mobile DJ, we have reparations now banners, and uh, we're going to be handing out reparations now flyers, educating people on how to support reparations, uh, the, the HR 40 bill for reparations for African Americans. In addition to that, volunteers will be hopping out of the car while we're handing out uh, food. We plan to uh, feed about 700 people in Washington D.C. We're having we're going to have hot dogs, hamburgers, uh, 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 chicken, ribs, you name it, all pre-packaged, uh, completely uh, safely packaged, and very. So we're going to be using physical distance distance regulations to to. Disseminate the food, disseminate the information on reparations to educate communities that would never hear about reparations, that don't know what reparations is. It's important that we educate these people, and that is what uh, our Hood to Hood movement is. Uh, so we'll be going to five different communities in Washington, D.C., educating them on reparations, feeding them, and having a good time with a little music and physical distancing. Uh, Another piece that we're doing uh, uh, to amplify the voice of reparation and the fight for reparation is we're going to be launching uh, on August 29th. Uh, we'll be launching our uh, the weekend of August 29th. We'll be uh, launching our virtual call centers, our Reparations Now Coalition virtual call centers. So we took the concept of telethons and we're taking the the script provided by Encobra. And the, the phone numbers of congressmen and senators and other target populations that we want to reach uh, with the message of reparation. And we'll be doing virtual uh, call centers from now until 
as long as we need to, to have people volunteer, any number of, volu- of, of people. So uh, our first call center is actually going to be hosted by some young men from Howard University who have volunteered their time. They've got a volunteer team of about 15 people who want to launch our first virtual call center. So they're going to get their scripts. They're going to get their numbers, and they're going to be calling, calling, calling. And we're going to be do- recording this and publishing this and a- as ads on social media and, having, and encouraging people to register to volunteer time to make these calls, to get the work done, because we want to use technology and ingenuity to really uh, amplify the, the narrative of reparation across the, na- the country. So we're using art and uh, social media and, and, and just good old-fashioned phone calls and boots on the ground to get this message out. In addition to that, these young men from Howard have, uh, have become so impassioned by the narrative of reparation that they want to be our lobbying team here in D.C. So when uh, congressmen come back to their offices, they'll be met with lobbying, students lobbying for reparation. And we want to expand this call and have brothers and sisters from Maryland, Virginia, and the surrounding areas join us on our lobbying days. So we'll be publishing our, our, our calendar. Final thing, we're going to have our, the launch of our website in the, next, in the next week as well. It's going to be the Reparations Now Coalition website. I have people diligently working on it. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a hub for everything reparation with Encobra Link, with NARC, the link to NARC uh, website on there, and or any other organization that joins the, the Reparations Now Coalition uh, you know, and, and, and supports us will be on there. Our parent organization is Encobra. Encobra is guiding us. We get all our legislative narratives from Encobra because they are the elders. We went to them first to ask permission to start Reparations Now Coalition because we knew it was important to have the blessing of our elders. So my hope is that the brothers and sisters that have joined us so far are scholars, educators, lawyers, politicians, and really are impassioned by the narrative of reparations. And we want to amplify reparation and amplify any other pro-black policy law uh, that needs to be pushed in, in cities across the nation. So our hope is to eventually become uh, something of a black super PAC uh, that fights for policies and, and, and legislation in favor of black and brown people. And so that is the Reparations Now Coalition. Again, if you want to know uh, more, you can follow me on social media at Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y underscore Sanchez, S-A-N-C-H-E-Z. One, and we'll be launching our Reparations Now Coalition Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, along with our website, all in the same day. So that's something to look forward to. And if you follow my page, you'll get all the information uh, as it comes out. All right, brother. We we really uh, appreciate love your energy, your wit, your your vision, your your um. What should I say? Just moving this this issue forward in in a very powerful way and creative way, and putting putting your time and energy and resources behind reparations and in COPA specifically. So, this people, this is what you this is what you miss. Uh, this little little bit of what you miss from the Encobra Convention. Um, and and again, what's more important is is you know is the work that 
that continues after the convention. We we hope that when people come to the convention that they will be inspired by the young people, by the scholars, by the activists and the work that, that is being done and has been done so that they will want to join in and, and get more involved in the work. And so one of our um, bright lights in, in Cobra, Brother Cam Howard, our national male co-chair, I'm sitting here looking at the main day program on Saturday, and we knew we at first he, he was on the panel panel one and he and, and he and, and we able to we were able to get him off that panel because he was already on some other panels and then he ended up back on that panel <laughs> and then made a powerful contribution uh a, a very significant contribution to that panel which was on COVID 19 and transgenerational epigenetics and reparations and then the the panels dealing with the legislative Commission, which is where he also leads in COBRA around the legislative work nationally and locally around reparations. And then, if that wasn't enough, he was still on the third panel, watch this now, the intergenerational dialogue through his son, Marcus, <laughs> and still continuing to make a profound contribution to the overall um, flow of the COBRA Convention. So, Brother Mayor, Brother National Male Co-Chair of Incobra, uh National Co-Chair of the Legislative Commission of Incobra, uh, our leading um, thought, one of our thought leaders of Incobra, a visionary. Uh, we talked about your book to your um, laying out, laying out the found, laying the foundation for localizing HR 40. I don't know if I got that exactly right, but we talked about that too on the webinar that um, was played earlier today in an earlier part of the show. So, brother man. Where, uh, how, how, well, how would you assess, first of all, the INCOBRA convention and, and, and what we uh, accomplished, and then what, what are the next steps? So how are we moving this thing forward? So thank you, Brother Jamoke. And um, just listening to uh, Lady Freedom and Brother Sammy, you know, I was uh, reliving the excitement and encouragement that I felt from the convention with all these sure. young energy that was there, man. It was like... Deja vu, you know. So I was really uh, happy to be on the call, happy to be on the call with with them as well. And uh, I thought this, the convention was a major success. I mean, uh, we had um, goals that, uh, going in, and we met our goals uh, specifically, as as uh, Sister Yomi uh, stated. You know, to have the youth being a, a tremendous part of the convention. Uh, not only directed at them, but I also uh, as being organizers and activists and participants and, and, uh, and bringing the uh, convention to to, uh, to folks. So very encouraged by it, very excited by it. Uh, what we wanted to do was also marry that youthful energy to the highest level of reparations activism in the country. And that's what we try to present on the panels. You're not going to find that level of reparation activism uh, that was demonstrated, you know, in the teach-ins, in the uh, panels that were shared anywhere else in this country and any other body in this country. And that's, you know, that's the whole legacy. You know, we've been doing right. this for 30 plus years and, you know, a lot of people just get into the movement. They have great ideas, and but they don't know that, you know, those ideas, you know, have already been tested and tried and, you know, and, 
even expounded upon. I'm not saying that they're bad ideas. Some, a lot of the ideas are good, but we've taken those ideas to a higher level because, you know, those are things that we have, have you know, studied and, you know, debated and, and talked about over the years. So when you come to an Encobra event, you're going to get the highest level of reparations activism in the country and, and probably uh, internationally. Uh, certainly, you know, what they're doing in, in CARICOM with the CARICOM Reparations Commission and another high-level uh, high level reparations scholarship and activism. Uh, but, you know, Encobra is second to none in this, in this country and what we've presented. And, and I think the shift uh, toward bringing more youth in is just, a, just a, a, a testament to the growth over the years that Encobra has exhibited. I've been in, the, in, in Encobra for uh, 14 years, and I came in half of, half of the history was already done when I came in to the movement. And, you know, uh, what we've been able to do the 14 years that I've been in the movement is extraordinary. And I think that going forward with the youth energy that we've brought into, um, into the ranks uh, it's just going to be, you know, a, a testament that we, we're going into the future strong and powerful. And, again, I'm so encouraged by uh, Lady Freedom and, and Brother Sammy and their energy, as well as uh, all the other youth that are presented at the uh, convention. You know, what I see now uh, as far as reparations is that uh, we're, we're shifting. We're shifting in purpose. You know, um, when October started, the first the purpose was to make reparations a household word. Uh, of course, we were organizing. They, they organized to win reparations, but they knew at that time that most of our people did not know what rep had never heard of reparations. And so, in order for us to, to you know move the needle, we had to go. They had to go out into the streets, and uh, that was a a major goal. I mean, it was a stated goal to make reparations household word. And that was accomplished probably in uh, early 2000, 1999, early 2000. You know, reparations was on the tongues of everybody. You know, there was as much um, media reparations in the media then as there as there is today. Most most people don't 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 realize that that there was a huge amount of momentum in 2000, 2001, 2002 around reparations because of the work that Encoba was doing. And so, you know, moving from there, we, we really focus on um, different strategies of winning reparations after, you know, the, the, the goal was to, you know, publicize the notion of reparations, define it. Uh, and COBRA's definition of reparations is now the international definition of reparations for the um, people of Africa, St. Caucus, which is... Um, the process of repairing, healing, and restoring people who are introduced to our group identity and violence and our fundamental human rights by government, corporation, institution, or individual family. That definition is, is uh, like I say, an internationally recognized definition of reparations based on our work. Um, and we, 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 we've struggled around three forms of, of three, four strategies, I should say, the international strategy and 20... Um, 16, the United Nations report stated that there should be reparations in this country based on work that Encobra did uh, on the visit of the um, working group of experts with people African descent who came to this country. We organized around reparations. So whatever they saw, the issues that were presented, uh, we, we said they're due to the crimes that were committed against our ancestors. 
And as a result of that, you know, they uh, put out that 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 um, recommendation that there should be reparations. That was in Cobra's work. Uh, so internationally, there was a, uh, the struggle, the strategy around um, legal legal. A legal lawsuit, a litigation strategy, and you know we haven't pushed that since 2005. And then the fourth, third strategy was legislation, and we've been, you know, really um, pushing HR 40. We got a Senate companion bill that's 1083 in April, early April of last year. We have 150 co-sponsors, 147 co-sponsors moving to 150. We just three shy. There will be a markup on that bill in September, early September. And the markup is where the bill is introduced in a particular committee, and in this case is introduced in the Judiciary Committee. And so the Judiciary Committee has to debate on the bill. Uh, there are 17 Republicans, about 24 Democrats. We have the votes necessary to pass it out of the Judiciary. They may determine that it may be altered in some way, or they may pass it in full the way it's written. But that's a markup. It, it is the debate. The, the tweaking or whatever at, in the, at the committee level. And once it makes it out of the, the committee, the Judiciary Committee, it will go before the full House for a vote. And we're certain that if, if we get the 150 con congresspersons co-sponsor going in, we can get the other 68 votes on the floor. That's what uh, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee has been saying. Um, give me that number. Give me that number. If you give me that number, I can get it. I can, then I can do my job. And so that's what we've been working on. And, you know, Sammy and, and, uh, has joined us and others around the country and COBRA created tools to help us do that. And, you know, the tools we created, HR 40 Primer and the uh, HR 40 Interactive Map uh, that you go on our website and you can access both of those tools. And, you know, people have been doing the work. You know, we've had other non-Black organizations join us, go to our website, grab our tools, utilize those tools, actually work to get our co-sponsors as well. So, you know, um, COBRA is all over the reparations push in this country. It cannot be, uh, we started uh, early on, it, actually we started legislatively um, in November of 2018 because uh, a bill is introduced, uh, HR 40 has always been introduced at the first day of the um, opening of the new congressional session. The Asian congressional session is two years. And so what we've done in COBRA has always done was try to get original co-sponsors on the bill. And an original co-sponsor is a congressperson who signs on at the time the bill is introduced. So you have a, a, a congressperson introduce the bill. He may be the only one on the bill. He introduced it. But if he can introduce the bill with 10, 15, 20 co-sponsors, that's called original co-sponsors, then... Uh, then it, it makes the you know the, the, the process more. Um, it's first it's stating that that's a that's a serious and legitimate bill, and also it makes the process easier getting others to sign on. So we started in November of 2016. Um, I'm sorry, because no, 2018 because the congressional uh, session was 2019-20. Uh, getting original co-sponsors. So we got 20, I think it was 21 original co-sponsors uh, that were signed on immediately when the bill was introduced. And we've just been pushing it ever since. Uh, the congressional hearing by Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee pushed it up, you know, tremendously that she had the first congressional hearing on Juneteenth of 2019. We got about 
50 to 60 more co-sponsors um, the week leading up to the uh, hearing and the next two months after the hearing. We added about another 50 co-sponsors, and we've just been doing the work. I talked about the shift, and I'm going to, you know, let others get into the conversation. I think the shift is, you know, we've been fighting this last phase of INCOBRA is to win um, the issue of reparations, is to win a, you know, the, the legislative push or, uh, or some particular push. For us right now, it's a legislative push, and we, we're on the verge of winning that on the national level. We're doing so on the local level in areas that you talked about. And then the hard part is in delivering reparative initiatives to our people. The win is, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a hard, it was, it was hard getting to this point and we're not, you know, we haven't won yet, but it's going to be harder even delivering initiatives to our people. And so we need the youth for en energy. And that's what, that's what I'm talking about. The shift, we're shifting into a whole new phase of reparations work. And it's just going to be as hard as it was to win. It is to actually, uh, uh, again, the repair of our people. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, that, that was my word throughout the convention. I was excited. You know, I've been excited about this work for 14 years. I'm excited now going into this new phase. I'm excited about the new energy that's coming in. Uh, and I'm excited about one day sitting down and saying, you know, I, I did a, a, a nice piece of work. I can rest and turn it over to someone else. <laughs> I, I say you have done a great piece of work. I wanted to ask you, because I, I, I had this conversation with Sammy the other day. I remember at one point uh, the Legislative Commission was talking about a strategy where, you know, we, for many years we always focused on getting the Congressional Black Caucus, and we just felt like that's a no-brainer. Everybody said, okay, well, we should get all the people in the, National, in the Congressional Black Caucus to be co-sponsors, which we still haven't achieved yet. But I, I remember at one point there was a conversation of, of broadening that out and saying, well, let's let's get the different caucuses to come on board so it, it won't look like it's just necessarily a black thing, quote-unquote, and if we get the progressive caucus, the Hispanic caucus, the Asian caucus to all come on board and have a, a representative from each one of those caucuses actually to lead um, getting their um, caucus on board. Um, so is that strategy still in play or has it been working and that we just don't know about it or, or, or what's the, where are we with that particular strategy? So yes and no. That particular strategy was we put it in place because we didn't know who the leader would be for HR 40 at the Congressman Kanye's lab. And we knew that we had strong representation in the so-called quad caucuses, the progressive black caucus, Hispanic and Asian caucus. We knew we had strong representation in each of those caucuses, people who had co-sponsored the bill three, four, five congressional sessions, you know, 10, you know, eight, six, 10 years uh, in the past. And so what we wanted to do, uh, it was tap into one of those persons in each of those caucuses and get some leadership because we didn't know who was going to be, whether or not whoever was introducing it would be a strong leader on HR 40. Once uh, Sheila Jackson Lee became the leader of HR 40, uh, she early on demonstrated that she, she was totally behind this legislation. She believed in it. Uh, she pushed for a hearing early on uh, within the first six months. I think we started pushing, she started pushing for a hearing uh, in March, like three months into the congressional session. And, I, I, and that was huge. 
And so we still have been pushing the choir caucus, but not so much as far as leadership, but as far as co-sponsorship. And then we're tapping into them, different ones in each caucus for floor, de floor debate. So we, we're asking some to just co-sponsor, and then others we're saying we want vigorous debate when this comes to the floor. Will you, you know, be that voice for us in your caucus? And so we have a quiet caucus strategy, but it's not the original strategy. Got it. Got it. All right. Very good. Well, I, I, I want to say that, you know, part of the intention of the show is I wanted to play some snippets from the show. I think we're having a little technical difficulty. Those um, snippets are coming from uh, the Zoom recording, so um, as opposed to maybe a YouTube or other type of recording. So we uh, were we able to get any action on traction on the video? Mm, no, uh, no. No, okay. All right. So, um, well, this conversation is has been strong, and we really only have about another ten minutes left in the show. Anyway, that was, you know, I wanted people to um, uh, get a little taste of the convention. Uh, I had it queued up for the section where um, uh, actually the young people were speaking, and then Brother um, Judge Greg Mathis came on and spoke, and we're going to hear a little bit from him. But as I as I said, for sure, we will make sure that we will make those videos available and we're going to um, play snippets from them, like I said, probably through, definitely for the next few months and as we convert them into um, different formats to make them more accessible. And so at this point, uh, I was trying to figure out where to take this conversation. Uh, Yomi, where, where, where should we go? We got about eight, nine minutes. Where, where, where would you like us to... Where do you think we should go with this conversation on the COBRA Convention? Mr. NCPC co-chair, are you still with us? Did you follow? Yeah, can me? you? <laughs> I hear you now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I definitely want to um, shout out, uh, again, the young people, that, that new shift that Brother Cam is speaking about. Um yeah. You know, one of the conversations we had or one of the sessions we had was called What the Youth Them Doing. And in that section, we featured a youth activist from all around the world. And it was just so powerful and so um, inspiring um, to hear the young people in their own words um, just speak about the importance of reparations, understanding, again, why we deserve reparations what those uh, major five injuries are and wanting to uh, work towards and guaranteed me that in my lifetime <laughs> that I would see um, reparations um, become uh, a reality for our people on the efforts on the efforts or the backs of our young people. So I just wanted to shout them out again because, again, it was just such a powerful convention, but um, that particular portion of the convention was just just so awesome um so uh i just want to encourage all of us that are um in attendance and those that are listening to um understand that the work that we're doing towards reparations is a reality we claim it as we spoke during the convention um that we will receive this uh that we will receive reparations. The United States has paid uh, reparations to other groups 
for uh, injuries that were called. And um, we will be successful. We were champion in we this fight for reparations. That's right. That's right. So um, that's, that's it, really. Uh, let's all just keep uh, focused and um, keep uh, working towards this so that we can go to the reparation celebration that we're going to be having um, not far from today. <laughs> that's it. All right, very good. So, as we just go around and get uh, a short closing remark from everyone, um, I do also while I'm thinking, I do want to just echo also um, what Cam said. I I really sometimes um, let me just say it. I just think that I I definitely agree that in Cobra puts forward a high level convention each year. You won't find anything else like it that we rate, we demonstrate the highest level of, of activism and organizing thought and energy that's going on in the reparations movement. And we really just invite um, people to, to uh, join the wagon, join the train, get on board, support Encobra, become a member of Encobra. Um, you know, like I said, you know, we will make these um, video from our convention available, but more importantly is the work continues to go on and we have local chapters and really just want people to consider getting involved with this. So getting more involved, we're going to say that, getting more involved with Cobra specifically and advancing this work. The day is coming. We will have the big celebration. Like I said, we're already having reparations victories along the way. So brother, let's, we will go with how we started. Um, Sister Lady Freedom, you have a, a short closing remark for us, a, a thought that you would like to leave us with. We wrap up. I just wanted to salute again everyone who helped organize the conference. Um, I know that it was a labor of love and that, um, that it took a little extra brain power than usual. So I really want to <laughs> I really want to commend um, you know, Sister Yomi for sure and everyone I I shouldn't call names, but everyone who was a part of um organizing it. It really was a great uh convention and I'm looking forward to um seeing us go on about outdoing ourselves. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Lady Freedom, for all your work and contribution. All right, Brother Sammy Sanchez, you got a closing call to action for us? Uh, he's no longer here. He's no longer here? Hmm. All right. Um, Brother Cam. Oh, closing statement, charge. Uh, yeah, I might have muted myself. My sister stated earlier, you know, uh, we take a uh, one, we eat an elephant one bite at a time. We are taking chunks out of this elephant. This particular time. <laughs> I love it. You know, we've been biting and nipping and nipping and, you know, weakening, but now we're we're taking chunks out of this elephant. You know, you said it, that we also are re- actually receiving reparations, and that's true. You know, when you look at reparations as, you know, full repair, five components, there's, um, a whole lot of municipalities that have apologized. That's part of reparations. 
they've offered, you know, some form of monuments that they removed and monuments that they've created. That's mm -hmm. part of satisfaction. And there's right. a, um, a website called the uh, African-American Redress Network. It's a collaboration with Howard University, Thurgood Marshall Law School, and Columbia's University Human, um, Human Rights Group. Uh, and they charted, they have a map of over 100 cities in the South who have engaged in some form of reparations, uh, particularly around uh, satisfaction, mm -hmm. primarily satisfaction. Um, so we are winning. Uh, City of Evanston is poised to deliver its first uh, uh, piece of uh, reparations in the form of compensation, and you know that's what we've been looking for for forever. And so that's about to take place. So we are winning, and we are actually receiving reparations at this time. Okay. I say. All right. Well. You have been listening to Conversation Reparations. I want to thank all of my guests. It's uh, uh, Loretta Vaughn from the December 12th movement, um, Brother Sammy Sanchez, activist, uh, Reparations Now Coalition, Sister Lady Freedom, our Panther activist and Reparations and COBRA member, and Sister Abayomi Goodall, who was the National Convention Planning committee co-chair with myself who worked super, super hard on pulling off our convention, uh, along with all the other committees that, that worked together to pull off the convention. Uh, thank you, Brother Cam Howard, for your leadership on an executive level, as well as with the Legislative Commission and continuing to uh, advance the ideas of this uh, movement. And I think I got it, but I want to thank Brother uh, Elliot, who, uh, who stepped in to assist us with the uh, engineering of this show. And, um, yeah, so you, again, um, find out more about Encobra at our website, encobraonline.org. That's N-C-O-B-R-A, encobraonline.org. We also are on social media platforms at National Encobra across uh, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook National and Cobra, and we encourage you to get involved with Cobra. Uh, I can be reached directly at reparationsj at gmail.com, reparationsj at gmail.com, also 678-437-7882, that's 678-437-7882, and we give thanks for this platform to continue to advance the work of the reparations movement and in Cobra. That's reparations same. now. Reparations. But the youth them say reparations, reparations today. today. We will win. We are winning. We are winning. I say. So one more time with that with baritone column.